the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm also, you know, just very grateful for the new listeners and sharing it with your friends. So thank you again for that. We have lots that are available for you on the website. And we have study guides. We have all the podcasts. And we have study guides for the podcast. So there's lots of things that you can take advantage of on the website. And I really encourage you to do that. So... Today, we are talking about appropriate competition. I mean, we've got a lot of competition going on out there, don't we? And so, what does appropriate competition mean? Well, basically, it encourages all contenders to do the very best they can, not looking to the right or left, which is the goal, and giving maybe a, hey, thank you, or how you doing, or recognizing that people have different levels of competitiveness. See, typically, if the event is focused only on competition, then the only goal is winning. So are you competing with others while you're competing with yourself? Or are you just competing with others? So this typically means the competition is all about you and your self-worth and whether you feel good about yourself. So I want you to ask yourself, why am I competing? See, I, I remind myself that nobody can do as bad as I can, and nobody can do as good as I can. I really just want to compete with myself. So if you're in competition with all the people around you, striving to be one up from that person next to you, then your self-worth and, and whether or not you feel good about yourself is the only thing that you're focused on. So is your need to win so important that you'll become overly aggressive maybe even cheating, all in the name of winning. 
So I want you to ask yourself, what does winning mean to you? And how important is it to you? Do you have a clear understanding of what you're attempting to achieve? What's the takeaway from the competition? See, inappropriate competition ruins relationships. Instead of being able to rejoice with each other's accomplishments, do you end up feeling always in a one-down position? So think about this again. Inappropriate competition can ruin relationships. Think about arguments that you get into. And instead of wanting to find a solution, you're arguing in a manner that is saying, I'm going to win no matter what the cost. And so if you're then so focused more on yourself, then you will usher in one of the worst qualities known to humans, and that being jealousy. So when you entertain jealousy, you disrespect yourself and all others. So when you're watching everybody out there, and you're comparing and contrasting yourself to them, and you're getting jealous because, I don't know, they're taller, they're smaller, they're shorter, they have better hair, I don't know, better skin, they have more intelligence, they have a better job, I don't know, whatever it may be. What you're doing is you're disrespecting yourself and that person. You have to remind yourself that no one can succeed like you and no one can fail like you. We are all that unique. So our successes and our failures are unique to us. There is no competition. So the only real competition is, am I going to compete with myself to be a better version of myself than I was yesterday? So healthy competition, I mean, I'm not against it. You know, healthy competition, on the other hand, helps us strive to be better, to be a better version of ourselves. It gives us a target to work toward, helps us to accept our strengths and our weaknesses, lets us maybe celebrate how God has made others, and helps us to recognize that we're all of great value. The competition, I want you to realize this, competition is simply a human creation. God did not create competition. If you remind yourself of the whole story in the Garden of Eden, God did not compete with Adam, God did not compete with Eve, nor did he compete with the devil. He let all players make their own choices. So for your own sake and the sake of others and that of relationship, please commit yourself to compare and contrast yourself to yourself and not competing with your past and not competing with others. And so when you think about comparing and contrasting, I want you to do that really against yourself. Am I better than I was yesterday? Did I, did I resolve that issue in a much more adult manner than I would have maybe a year ago? So I can compare myself as to how much I have grown, how much I have learned, maybe how different I am than I was as, as a younger version of myself. But you, you see, you have to recognize if you win because of using enhancements, all right? Now, this is more about just physically, but we have other enhancements like money. We have enhancements that we do to make sure that we're prettier or more or bigger than other people or smaller than other people, whatever that may be. But you have to understand that when you use enhancements, 
it's not honest. And it also is going to feel shallow. So it will also cause you to feel less confident, not necessarily better, because you in your heart of hearts know who you really are. Now, I am not against (laughs) different levels of enhancement. My gosh, of course, I'm a girl. (laughs) So I do nails, I do hair, I do skin, I do, you know, I worry about or, or, you know, can watch and see whether or not I like the weight that I'm at. So all those things are just normal to humans. But you see, if I'm going above and beyond that, then I want you to think about this. You know, when God created you, he certainly gave you free will. But he was really happy when he made you. And he said, it's finished. It's finished. Now, if we could all get on the same page with God, our lives would probably be a lot better. I I know that mine would be. And I work regularly on trying to be on the same page as God is. So I want you to think about this. If you're using enhancements and you're changing yourself to the degree that you've lost sight of who you originally were, then we've got, we've got some problems because you're going to then continue to feel worse and worse. So how, how are you, you know, going to truly be able to embrace your win if you cheated, right? And so many of us, you know, we've all fallen into this. We can rationalize and make excuses because we just love the win. But it still feels kind of hollow because we know in our heart of hearts that we probably didn't win in an ethical way. So this is what I want you to think about. I'm not against enhancements, like I said, as long as they're helping us work harder. But if they're, if they're letting us or supporting us in thinking that we're better than somebody else, that's not going to help us at all. This is not a competition. And if you can always remind yourself, you only really compete with yourself. And this is why God does not consult us when he created us. He's very happy with what he made. And he wants us to be as happy as he is about who he made. We just have a tendency to compare and contrast and fall into that game where we are looking to the side, each side, and saying, hey, they're better than me, they're worse than me, so I feel better because I'm prettier than her or I'm bigger than him or I have more money than she does or whatever that is. All that horizontal comparing and contrasting. I want you to make it vertical. So that you're comparing and contrasting yourself to who your highest self would be. How close am I to my highest version of me? So appropriate competition is valid. So what is appropriate competition? Well, healthy versus unhealthy competition. This was an an article written by Santa Monica, and this is about 2019. And they go on to say, as humans, we are innately competitive. Now, we talked about this. And it's the desire to come out on top which drives us to succeed, propelling us to push beyond our perceived barriers. However, competition needs to be carefully monitored. If it's left unchecked, it can leave us constantly feeling unfulfilled and and inadequate. And can also make us extremely unpopular. 
So the difference between healthy and unhealthy competition comes down to your attitude. Is it friendly or is it threatening? See, this is what we want to discover, the difference between friendly and threatening competition and find out how to put the power of healthy competition to use. See, healthy competition says, I can rejoice in a success that you have, even if it makes me in a one-down position. I can say, I'm just glad you get to have those feelings. I'm glad, after all the work that you have done, that you actually have arrived at a place that you feel like, wow, I actually accomplished something. Well, I want to rejoice with that person, even if maybe my life isn't working that great. It doesn't mean that my life will always be that way. And so I can put effort into the lives of others. And I can recognize that competition is really healthy, especially when I compete with myself. And when I am willing to really be honest with myself and say, why am I not happy with who I am in this time and place? So join me in the next segment as we talk more about healthy and unhealthy competition. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I always want to really thank you for letting your friends know about the show and all that we have on the website, because we really want to be the best version of who we are, and we don't want to get into the comparing and the contrasting game to the point that we get despondent or we end up feeling in a really one-down position. See, we want to really make sure that we are competing with ourselves. Am I better than I was yesterday? Have I learned more and applied it? These are things that cause us to have great self-worth and great self-value. And so when we recognize that people have different levels of competitiveness, right? We want to be careful about what the whole entire goal is. Are we competing to maybe make ourselves better or to know how far we can go or where our limits are? Or are we competing with someone to make sure they feel in a one-down position to us and I feel good now because I'm better than you? See, everybody is better than somebody, okay? (laughs) There is, I mean, unless we're talking about Jesus. So anywhere you are on this planet, someone's going to be better than you are and you're going to be better than somebody else. So if you are really competing in this way, hoping to get those good feelings, the problem is they're fleeting, right? I mean, you feel good for a little bit, but then it's like with any other kind of a drug, you have to go get that feeling again. What I'm wanting you to have is the feeling of competing only with yourself because inappropriate competition ruins relationships. Instead of being able to rejoice with each other's accomplishments, you end up feeling in a one-down, or maybe you're in the one-up position, and maybe feeling like you need to tear the other person down. So what happens is you're going to be focused more on yourself, and that will usher in some of the worst qualities known to humans, and that's being jealous. 
And so jealousy is one of those really ugly qualities that never look good on us. And so we want to make sure that we're supporting the thinking that we are practicing being the best version of ourselves. See, one of the things that I want you to remind yourself is being the best version of you stops you competing with everybody else around you. And you get to enjoy and celebrate with them when they win. And they get to enjoy and celebrate when you win. And you know what? If they're jealous and they don't, you can still enjoy the win because it's a righteous win. You did it correctly. See, God's very happy with how he made us. He wants us to be happy with it as well. But, you know, humans, we're innately competitive, aren't we? So we're constantly looking to the right or left. Now, I was a swimmer in my younger days, and one of the things they are constantly teaching us and harping on is not looking to the right or left to see where the swimmer is in the other lane. If you do, you lose time. And, and you can lose the entire race because you're not focused on the goal in front of you. And I'm wanting you to have the goal in front of you being the best version of you so that you don't have to be distracted all the time looking to the right or left, comparing and contrasting and seeing if, wow, they're in a one-up, I'm in a one-down, they're better than I am, they look better, they act better, they have more money, whatever that is. It's kind of like comparing cats and dogs. Well, they're both mammals, but they're very different. So if we had a dog and we were giving it, you know, the idea that they were a cat, that dog would fail. So if we had a cat expecting it to be a dog, that cat would fail. So we want to really make sure that we understand who we are, what, what we're like, what really drives us. What are the unique tendencies that we have? What are the qualities that we have that we were born with? And so the difference between this healthy and unhealthy competition comes down to your attitude, right? Is it friendly or is it threatening? Are you out for blood and you're going to win at all cost, even if that person is harmed in the, in, in the process? So healthy competition has a role both in and outside of, of the ring of life. So we, we see this in all kinds of businesses. We see this in families. We see this in schools. We see it at our job. And so athletes on the same team, they may engage in healthy competition, driving each other to push harder, maybe in their drills and being a source of motivation for another during some of these training sessions, racing to see who can sprint faster shoot more hoops, do more push-ups. And during a training session, it helps build skills and will carry over into the next game they have. But it has to be in good fun. Because otherwise, the competition begins to become hateful. And it means that I devalue that other person. The person that I'm competing with now, I gotta, I'm going to take them down, I'm going to take them out. That's not a win. So competition becomes unhealthy when it blinds us to the improvements that we're making. And this happens sometimes when we focus on the other person rather than on ourselves. So instead of appreciating the fact 
that, hey, maybe they may be a little stronger, faster, or fitter, we end up beating ourselves up because we're not as strong or fast or fit as our competition. Being oftentimes obsessed with the idea of winning. See, this is another sign of really unhealthy competition. And of course, we all go into competition when the intent on, you know, coming out victorious, right? However, training athletes and athletics aren't, it's not all black and white. There's more to it than just winning and losing. Those who really engage in unhealthy competition often engage in unfair practices that keep them from winning. So this could range from purposely seeking out, you know, competitors who are not up to your skill level to even cheating during the competition. Have you ever cheated on a paper at school? Have you ever lied to somebody that you were working with? Did you maybe not tell someone the truth about what you were doing so you wanted to cover? And this is what we want to ask ourselves. How can I practice healthy competition so that I continue to practice being the best version of me? Instead of comparing and contrasting so that I'm bogged down with all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, if only then, I'm bogged down with all the things that, gosh, I should have done that, or why don't I work on that, or I wish I had that quality, or I hate myself now because I don't have what they have. See, healthy competition extends the boundaries of what we think we're capable of, okay? If we are really, really practicing this, then we get a tangible target that we set our sights on. And it helps us many times go farther than we thought we could ever go. So healthy competition also teaches us how to lose, right? And that's one of the toughest things that any human could tolerate. And many people just quit immediately. They don't even try because they don't want to lose. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about these effective ways to promote healthy competition for yourself and develop a really a great growth mindset. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining in with me today and also sending the shows to your friends and family and letting people know about the website. I really do appreciate it. And because I'm wanting us to really be the best version of who we are, who God intended for us to be, not some ab reaction that we have come up with in our mind, that we really are going to be who only we can be. Nobody can be me. And sometimes I wish people could be because maybe I get tired of being me, right? But I want to talk about unhealthy competition. See, we talked a little earlier about why healthy competition is so, so helpful. But what's really unhealthy competition? Well, competition becomes unhealthy when it blinds us to the improvements that we're making. Like we work and we work and we work, but it's never good enough. And so we've been competing with ourselves. We've been competing with others. We've gotten better, but we can't even focus on what we improved on because it's somehow still not good enough. 
And that's when I tell people, you know, you're chasing the feeling is what you're doing. You're simply chasing the feeling. And you will never catch that feeling. You won't. And this is why when we focus on the other person rather than ourselves, and instead of appreciating the fact that, hey, maybe they're a little stronger or faster or fitter, but maybe we end up then beating ourselves up because we're not as strong, as fast, or as fit. And so we become obsessed with this idea of winning. And, and it's really a sign of very unhealthy competition. Because again, I don't want you to be chasing the feelings, right? And we've talked on this show several times over the years about chasing the feeling instead of actually making your life and, and really attending to who you are so that you actually get the feeling that you want. See, the feeling isn't out there somewhere for you to get. It's inside of you to create. And so if feelings of self-worth and personal accomplishment are linked to another person's ability to do something, then you're never going to be satisfied. See, there's always going to be someone who is better than you. So comparing yourself to others really only leads to frustration and exhaustion. So how do, how do we really promote healthy competition? Well, it encourages us to work harder. We know that. It helps us push beyond maybe perceived barriers and strive to be our best. And it motivates us. It kind of gives us a tangible target to set our sights on. So often competition extends the boundaries of what we think we're capable of. Healthy competition also teaches us how it feels to lose. And this is so important, so important, that if we don't know how to lose, we really don't know how to win. And what happens is the win becomes an identity issue. And the identity then needs to win all the time or it's heartbroken or frustrated or selfish or insecure or, or maybe even is harmful to its own self. And so if we live for the win, we're not enjoying the life that we have and the journey that we're taking to actually get a win. So we're making the win so important that we don't even appreciate the life that we've been given. And the life that we're living and the people and the relationships that we have. So we want to be careful that losing gracefully is an important skill. And it only comes with experience and with maturity. See, when people can handle losing, don't they seem more heroic to you? Like they got their act together, right? It's one of those people that we say, wow, I kind of want to copy them. I kind of want to be, I wish I were them. And so we can be that person. Loss of, of, in a competition, develops that vital quality of resiliency. And resiliency is imperative for you to be able to do life well. Resiliency says, hey, I can handle the hit and I can come back. And I can use it to motivate me to be even better. Or I can use it to make sure that my expectations are still healthy. Maybe I'm expecting more, and maybe I'm setting myself up for defeat. So the, the ability to, you know, dust ourselves off, right, reflect on our performance, and maybe come back stronger is the mark of a real winner. If we're the person that can't get over ourselves, 
and then we make it miserable for everybody else. We have to really look at what's going on with my ego. That means I have a very fragile ego. Little kids have fragile egos. That's why we protect them. Teenagers do. That's why we work with them. Adults, we need to make sure that we do not continue to further a fragile ego. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about healthy competition. Well, thank you for joining me today. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and as always, I'm always glad that you're listening to the shows and that you're reminding your friends and telling your friends about the shows. They really are for us to be the best version of who we can be, only the only version that we can be. See, nobody can be a better me than me, and nobody can be a worse me than me. And I do have to admit I like the better me. <laughs> I certainly do, but I've had to work on both sides of myself in that way. And so... Part of understanding that is recognizing how I feel about competitive endeavors. And competitive endeavors are not just always sports. It can be driving, right? Have you ever gotten competitive with another driver? How about, did you get competitive in the grocery store line? Someone tried to cut in front of you and you made sure, you made sure they could not get in front of you. You know, we are competitive creatures and it's in our blood. So, The difference between healthy and unhealthy competition comes down to our attitude. Is it friendly or is it threatening? So we want to think about, am I competing with myself, which is very healthy, as long as you are a good coach, right? Instead of beating yourself up all the time. So am I competing with me or am I actually competing with other people that are very different than I am? So there's no way to really compare and contrast that in a healthy way. So we want to think about what is that unhealthy competition? Well, it does, it blinds us to the improvements maybe that we've made. It causes us maybe to overextend or have um, an unrealistic desire to be more than what we can be or should be or would be. And so being obsessed with the idea of winning, this is a sign of a very unhealthy competitor. Because I really want to play the game well. And if that means that the game is my eight-hour job, I want to be able to leave at the end of the day and say, hey, I played that well. I played that well. I had some mistakes. I fixed them. I moved on. I had some good wins. So how about if you're with your family? I want you to play well in your family. I want you to be able to walk away from the situation and feel good about it. And that has everything to do with how you choose to be you. Are you going to be the you that can't handle bad feelings? Are you going to be the you that wants to cut people down because you feel less than? Are you going to gossip about them? Are you going to try to sabotage them? Are you going to shame them in front of everybody? Or are you going to be the you that says, hey, I need to just do me. And if I can do a good job of me, then I can make sure I don't have to do excessive apologies, right? 
Who who wants to apologize? I don't like apologizing. I do. I I I do. It's important to be able to do it. I even apologize to myself. But you know, we all want to be perfect in some way or another because we think that being perfect means we have no pain. It's not possible. It's not possible to have no pain on this earth. And change is always painful to some degree. So when we think about this idea of doing some healthy, you know, effective competition, we have to develop a growth mindset. And what does that mean? That means we focus on the journey, not necessarily the the destination. If I'm only looking at the destination, I'm going to miss a lot of things on the way, and I might then ensure that I lose. So I have to really focus on the journey. How well am I doing each step I take? Each time I do a new thing, I'm going to look back and say, do I like what I did? Do I want to do that in the future? See, this way, you're thinking beyond winning and, and, the, and beyond losing. You're looking instead at the work you're putting into you, into your life, into the world around you into your family, and you can ask yourself, what did I learn from that? Where's the destination for me? So could it be, hey, I just want to get to the end of my day, and I want to be able to look back on the day and say, I managed myself well. Not perfectly, but I did a pretty good job, and I can be really proud of that. So what, when you think about what you learn when you're going on this journey, you might want to ask yourself, how would I approach this if I considered this a successful endeavor? What might I do? If I think this is a successful endeavor, then how am I going to shore it up so that I support the effort that I'm going to be putting into this? And you want to use takeaways to challenge yourself to set new goals. So this also helps You revel in the successes of others. So you can still have friendly competition. This feeds into the idea of diversity and inclusion, right? But you want to think about there are no limits to success because we're the ones that determine what actually is the success. And sometimes there has to be a winning and sometimes there has to be a losing team. And it can be a challenge to see the positive if, if perceived, if you're having a perceived loss, okay? So developing emotional intelligence, and we've talked about this before on the show, means that I have empathy and I can help people celebrate someone else's success. That means I'm being a bigger version of myself, a healthier version of myself. I'm being the one that can, can actually say, wow, I'm glad that person had a success. They deserved it. And I'm happy that they've had it. And this way, we want to recognize that our greatest competition is ourselves. When I am appropriately competing with myself, I'm going to be a much safer person to the people that I'm interacting with. Because I'm not trying to get something from them that they can't give me or won't give me, right? Maybe I'm then able to have realistic expectations of the humans that are around me. And I can realize that when I'm competing simply with myself, this is going to encourage me to continually improve and reach 
you know, different goals. It helps me to have more stamina. You know, think about if you if you're learning a new, I don't know, so, uh, learning a new way to exercise, and you're having to do muscles that you didn't do before, and the stamina that you need maybe isn't there. But if you keep doing it and saying, I'm not expecting myself to do it perfectly the first time I do it. What I'm saying to myself is, I'm going to enjoy the moment I'm in, and I'm going to enjoy whatever amount I do. And the more that I do that, I actually create a feeling of maybe happiness about the journey instead of, oh my gosh, I have to exercise today. I forgot. I need to exercise. I don't want to exercise. I hate exercise. <laughs> right? And so it helps us to really pace ourselves, to be kind to ourselves. And you need to remind yourself competing with yourself, the need to compete with yourself is to actually make progress. If you don't, think about this as if it's your body. If you're not doing physical exercise, You'll get used to the exercise routine and your body will stop responding. So you need to do different things as you are working on competing with yourself. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that that I have really committed to, I have to say, is learning a new way to drive. Okay? Because my tendency is to kind of drive fast. And my tendency is to think that everybody drives the way that I do or wants to drive the way I do. Now, I'm not like inappropriate or like, you know, criminal or something. But I can start to get frustrated like the light turned green, it means we go. (laughs) And some people just, they're at a different pace than me. I'm looking all the way down the road to see what's the fastest way to get there. I'm trying to make the next light. Not everybody's like that. So one of the ways that I exercise that emotional muscle is relaxing my body and saying, I guess I'll get there when I get there. And that is a really healthy practice for me. For me to slow down takes work. For some people, speeding up takes effort. And so this is where I want to compete with me. And I want to also make sure that if I have a kind of a competitive spirit, which most of us do, you know, it can be a constant form of motivation to succeed. However, it also needs to be balanced by positive practices. So rather than valuing yourself in comparison to other people, remember, you've heard this, me say this on the show so many times, we need to compare ourselves to ourselves. Are we better than who we were yesterday? And so we focus on our performance as improve, you know, if we've, we've improved it, and how it, wow, is there more that I can learn? What, what really does it look like when I look back on it? Do I want to repeat it? Do I want to maybe actually have it be a, a constant, you know, schema in my mind so that I practice it regularly? And I need to also view myself objectively. And I need to allow it to teach me how to come back better than before. And not necessarily with the intent of winning, but of saying, am I better than I was? Not trying to defeat the other person, but improving myself. So how do we know 
if it's actually healthy competition, okay? See, it can bring the best out in me, but it means I also need to rejoice in another person's win. I can reconcile myself to accepting that there will probably always be someone better than me, and in some manner, shape, or form, they're better, and I have to accept this. What is going on inside of me if I can't just, quote-unquote, be in awe of another person's ability? Why can't I just be happy for them that they're able to do that? And thinking about people as if they're a work of art. That is one of the things that has helped me tremendously. When I think about all the different people and I interact with people and they are very different, that I recognize that this is God's artwork. So the most important fact you must integrate and understand and believe in is, especially in the light of what people are willing to believe in today's world, is no one can create a unique individual. But we can change their uniqueness to a certain degree. We can do that. This means, though, you have to have a body, a person, that's already created to change them into something. See, but only God can make something out of nothing. So I want you to embrace your uniqueness enjoy it. Stop comparing and contrasting yourself with others. See, I'm the only one who can succeed in my way, and I am the only one who can mess up in my own way. I can't be replicated. Think about fingerprints and the uniqueness of them. And when I told you that identical twins even have different fingerprints, that's how unique our fingerprints are. So I want you to really rejoice in who you are, how you're made. Change the things that maybe you think need to be changed. Enhance things if you want. But never doing it out of this feeling that I'm not good enough. I don't want you to be changing things about yourself or comparing and contrasting yourself to other people in a way that always puts you in a one-down position. I want you to really begin to recognize your own uniqueness that nobody else can do. See, nobody can mess up like I can. No one can succeed like I can. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. God bless you and have a great rest of your week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.